You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. My name is John Boccasino. We are getting you ready for Buffalo's huge Sunday night showdown in week 15 versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, a game featuring the number five seed in the AFC, the Bills, with a nine and four record, and the team right on their heels at eight and five, the unexpected Pittsburgh Steelers, who find themselves in the thick of the wild card chase despite being on their third quarterback of the 2019 season. And joining us on the pod, as he does each and every week, is Jamie D'Amico. And uh, Jamie, thanks for joining us. What are your gut thoughts on this game? Uh, you know, obviously it's huge. Bills need one win to clinch that second playoff berth in three years. What are your gut thoughts on this game? My gut thoughts are this is going to be a tough one. This is a very difficult matchup for Buffalo because, well, quite frankly, the things that shut the Bills down last week by the Ravens are the exact same things that this Pittsburgh defense can do. They get after the quarterback. They are very physical. They've got some good play on the back end of the defense and their secondary. Uh, this is going to be a tough, tough game. And let's face it, they live on Sunday night football. So, um, you know, they're they're used to the limelight. Yeah, this is Buffalo's first appearance on Sunday night football since the 2007 season when the Bills got slaughtered by the New England Patriots at home, uh, 56 to 10. I definitely don't expect the game to be that lopsided on Sunday at Heinz Field, but there's something to be said for getting ready for, you know, for primetime, Jamie, and for handling the spotlight. And I'm not one who thinks that the stage will be too big for Josh Allen, but I do worry about the blitz and the pressure that Pittsburgh can apply with their defense because I think this is not uh, going out on a limb here, but the, the the scouting report is out for Josh Allen. If you blitz him, if you bring a lot of pressure, he is just not very good right now at reading and reacting and finding those quick open routes that can save him from taking a sack. And with John Feliciano battling an illness, and he's one of the key cogs on that offensive line, I totally see the Steelers copying the blueprint put out by the Patriots and the Ravens in getting physical and trying to manhandle Josh Allen. That's all the Bills are going to see uh, when they're on offense is, well, I mean, for the rest of this season and all of next season, they're going to have the blitz, the cover zero, and Josh Allen's got to get better against it. So I was blaming the receivers in the offensive line. There is blame to go around there, but listening to the Nick and Nolan show, which is a great, great podcast, uh, Bruce Exclusive was explaining this past week that what was going wrong with the Bills offense last week is in the cover zero, 
there's always a free blitzer coming, always. And he explained that, you know, if the Bills have five guys blocking, they're going to send six. And the typical reaction is, well, then bring another guy in to block. Well, then what the cover zero does is it sends that guy's, the guy who would be covering that Bills player who became a blocker. So now it's seven blitzers or seven pass rushers against six blockers. You're always going to have more. Josh Allen has not been good at picking up on where that where that blitzer is coming from, and he is prone to panicking and not getting rid of the ball quickly enough because in his panic, he locks in on a receiver, sometimes the wrong receiver. So that is something that isn't going to get fixed in a week. Now, Josh Allen has shown a proclivity for getting better, for taking coaching and being really good at processing that information and becoming a better ball player. But I don't think it's going to happen in only a couple of days of practice. Yeah, I think that, and with the cover zero concept, you know, you're right, Jamie. The pressure is on Josh Allen to read, react real quickly. And, you know, he does lock in on that primary target. But there are a couple of things that the Bills can do, uh, I think, for Josh Allen, especially besides bringing a max protect. Uh, scheme. They can utilize Devin Singletary more. I know that there was a play that I thought could have gone for a touchdown last week against Baltimore where there was a great pass breakup by one of the Ravens in defense on Singletary. But another thing that I didn't even really think about until it was broken down in an article on Buffalo Rumblings, uh, I think Nick Batalana put it together. It was talking about uh, one of the keys for facing the cover zero you know the receivers need to get separation in a hurry. And Josh Allen, when he throws the deep ball, he loves to throw it with the intended target going towards the sideline. And I think it's really going to be important on Sunday if Robert Foster, if John Brown, if the deep threats for Buffalo, when they do their their deep routes, instead of breaking towards the sideline, they break towards the middle of the field because that works in Josh Allen's favor. With Josh not being the most accurate deep ball thrower, the sideline acts as another defender. And if his throw is a little bit errant, that's going to have less of a chance of it getting completed going towards the sideline versus towards the middle of the field, there's a little bit more room, especially given the fact that you know that Pittsburgh is going to have that safety that would normally be back there in coverage to protect the deep ball, either coming up as a blitzer or giving some other sort of confusing look. So I think for me, the key is really, I do want to see some deep shots taken by Josh Allen on Sunday. And again, I have been advocating, and so have you, Jamie, for a while, Devin Singletary should not be on a pitch count. If they can get him on wheel routes, if they can get him on angle pass plays where he is going over the middle of the field or running towards the sideline as another safety blanket besides Cole Beasley, I think those are some keys that Buffalo can do to really open up this offense. I'm in agreement with you because he's so shifty, Devin Singletary that is. I, I think that he was he would be very difficult covering coming out of his breaks off the line of scrimmage. And when you're being blitzed, what you have to do just get rid of the ball quickly, and he's going to be able to get open within a couple of steps, sort of like Cole Beasley. Now, it's just a matter of Josh Allen finding him when he's open. Now, I'm not saying Josh Allen sucks. He doesn't suck. But what I am saying is there is this specific skill in his tool bag that needs improvement. So that's one way of overcoming it. Another way of overcoming it 
is just handing the ball off to Devin Singletary and your offensive line opening up some holes because, let's face it, there's blitzing, they're going to fill a lot of gaps, but you can out-physical a team that's coming at you uh, with the with the intent of, of getting into the backfield. You could push them past the play. Let's see them do that a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice? I would love it, Jamie, if they uh, they did some draw plays for Devin Singletary. I think a lot of us were concerned when the year started that, you know, Motor was going to be great running outside the tackles, but how good would this small Florida Atlantic product be running up the middle, getting those hard-fought yards in the trenches? And I think Singletary has proven through his rookie season that he can handle going in the areas where the big guys are, going and fighting through running behind the guards, running up the middle and getting those hard yards. I would love to see some draw plays drawn up by Brian Dable and this offense because I also don't want this to be a situation where Buffalo is chucking the ball 40, 45 times with Josh Allen trying to win this game. Because if that's the case, I think Bills fans are, are really going to be in for a long night on Sunday because the the very quietly, you know, when the Steelers and the Steelers have won seven of their last eight games behind besides the Baltimore Ravens and their 10 game winning streak, they're arguably the hottest team in the AFC right now. And, and, and a really uh, a, a good move for the Steelers. And I think a lot of people were shaking their heads at the time. But after the second game of the year, the Steelers and Miami Dolphins made a trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, the former first round pick. And the Steelers gave up a first round pick next year to get Minka Fitzpatrick. And a lot of people were thinking, why would the Steelers, who just lost Big Ben, who seemed to be lost for the year at 0-2, they would go off to a 1-4 and start, why would they trade a pick that's going to prove to be a top 10 at the time for a cornerback in Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, Fitzpatrick has proven his weight in gold for Pittsburgh. He has five interceptions, two forced fumbles. He has been a turnover machine, and he causes havoc constantly out back. What do you expect Buffalo and Josh Allen to try to do when it comes to Minka Fitzpatrick? Because if he has a big day again, it's it's it goes without saying. It's not like I'm breaking news here, but if Minka Fitzpatrick forces a pick or two, the Bills are in for a long day. So how can Buffalo attack the former Alabama product? You know, it's interesting because they're using him in an interesting, strange hybrid role where he's in on coverage, but he's also playing safety at times. Uh, so I think you have to be aware of where he's going to be on the field. And when you figure out what his coverage is going to be, you have to basically attack him with, uh, especially if he's in the safety position, you have to attack him with, uh, post routes that are going to take him away from your intended target. That's really the only thing you can do, because if you're putting the ball up in the air and we saw a couple of passes that were floated down the middle last week. If you're putting the ball up in the air and you're not accounting for this guy, he's going to get there quick. He's playing lights out. He is uh, fifth rated at his position by pro football focus this year. And yeah, he's pulling in those interceptions. And that is exactly what the Bills have to avoid. Oh, also, uh, he's not the big of a deal if you're running the ball. Well, hey, that concept just came up again. Should. <laughs> Should they establish the run this week, John? <laughs> well, you know, I think that would be very helpful because as we saw last week, the Bills really struggled on third down. I believe they were four of 17 
on third down. There were six three and out possessions and, uh, and, and Buffalo needs to get ahead of the sticks. They need to make sure that they're not facing second and long and third and long. And, and Jamie, as us two geniuses have deduced in the first 10 minutes of this podcast, you run the ball and you run the ball effectively. You can put Josh Allen in a position to succeed on Sunday in a game where Yes, the Bills need just one win in their final three uh, to clinch that playoff berth. But my God, it would just be so nice to take the pressure off to win this game on Sunday to make another statement like they did on Thanksgiving in Dallas and to get that 10th win and secure that playoff berth. It's going to be difficult because Pittsburgh is a really, again, it's a, a very carbon copy version of the defense that Buffalo just saw at home. I think that'll play to their advantage because they should be familiar with a lot of the concepts that the Steelers want to uh, to pull off out there. But one area where they are different than their Baltimore counterparts is Baltimore banged up Josh Allen last week, but that was not something that Baltimore had done consistently during the season. The Steelers have been getting after it on defense. They lead the league in sacks with 48. They lead the league in quarterback hits with 96, and they lead the league in takeaways with 33, which to me is just the worst case scenario for a Josh Allen offense because you're facing the pressure and facing the blitz and he's got to be on his game. And oh, by the way, you're facing an offensive line that up until last week had really played well and been rounding into form. Do you think last week's struggles against pass protection were an aberration or is that a major concern for you, especially with some guy named TJ Watt coming to town? I think it's a reason for concern, and the reason I think that is because so much of it fell in the lap of Josh Allen. Brian Dable was scheming up blocking designs to try to help with this, and you know the the inability of Josh Allen to understand and process what was happening with the blitz is something that's going to come back again this week. And like you said, every team for the rest of the season and probably all of next year too is going to take the exact same tact against the Bills until they can prove that Josh Allen can process what's what's in front of him. And, you know, the, the other side of it is TJ Watt is going to be coming off the right-hand side, and that's where Cody Ford is. That's where John Feliciano plays who is battling an illness right now. If the right-hand side of the Bills line is weakened, oh man, that that's major cause for concern with Watt coming in because not only is he prone to pass rush regularly, uh, Steelers are they're second in the league in sack per pass attempt at 10.9%. So one out of every 10 passes is resulting in a sack. So these guys are good at what they're doing and Buffalo, not great. So Pittsburgh has traditionally run a, a three, four defense. And the reason they do that is it creates additional confusion because the more players that are standing near the line of scrimmage, the harder it is to deduce who's going to be blitzing and who's going to be dropping into coverage. Well, that's exactly where the problem comes in. And as we saw last week, when you take the safeties from up high and bring them down into the box, that's that's creating issues in both deciding who is going to be pass rushing and also it floods the underneath zone. So this means that Allen's got to get rid of the ball quickly and he's got to... Uh, 
got to go over the top of the defense when it's available and complete those. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Switching to the other side of the ball. They're facing a rookie free agent quarterback who you so, oh man, with such disdain, do you say his name? That being Duck. <laughs> Duck Hodges. <laughs> Listen, Jamie, I Duck Hodges. All right. It, look, it's, it's a great story that a kid who goes undrafted out of Samford, not Stanford, Samford University wins his first three games as a pro in uh, relief of an ineffective Mason Rudolph and an injured Ben Roethlisberger. But Duck Hodges is not someone that the Bills should be scared about, especially when you consider that Juju Smith-Schuster is most likely not going to play in this game. There's really not much that Duck Hodges does well for the Steelers team. His deep ball can be all right, but he's not that accurate uh, as far as get leading this offense downfield. The Steelers, I believe, are 28th in the league in scoring offense at a hair under 20 points per game. Um, they are just not a dynamic offense. They're, they're the poor man's Buffalo Bills, and I mean that with all due respect to both teams, but the Steelers and Bills have a very similar blueprint. They're going to be very physical and great defenses, and whatever team does more on offense to put points on the board is going to win this game. And for me, I just don't see Duck Hodges being someone that Bills and Leslie Frazier need to be up all night game planning for. I do think they need to game plan pretty well for the running game, which is getting back a pair of weapons in James Conner and Jalen Samuels uh, to a run game that had been pretty mediocre up until that point. So I don't know, Jamie, I'm just not duck Hodges. Doesn't put, doesn't strike fear into, into uh, the, the, the hearts of bills fans. And I think a lot of it comes down to two who he's faced. If the media can put the narrative out there that the bills got to their schedule by playing a really soft uh, line of opponents, the same thing can be true for duck Hodges, who has beaten the Bengals, the uh, Cardinals and I believe the Browns in his three games, teams that are not murderers row on defense. So I'm just not that intimidated by an undrafted rookie out of Samford. My take is a little bit different because his completion rate is 71.3%. So he's getting the ball to his receivers and with him getting his running backs back in the lineup, that's taking the heat off of him. So James, John Connor's, I mean, he's he's a decent back. Um, 
Buffalo has to be worried about that. It's going to balance out their offensive little a little bit, and it's going to require um, require the Bills to be more concerned about the running facet, which is going to take off uh, take the pressure off of Duck. And I I think that if you see a balanced offense from the Steelers, you're um, you know they're, they're going to be a bit of a challenge because in addition to that. After only three games, the book isn't out on Duck yet. He, um, you know, we we haven't figured out what his true weaknesses are because every quarterback has them. There's just not a lot of film on him, and that's you know that that's an advantage that they have at this point. So I, no, that's 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 true, Jamie, and and, and that's I want I want to go down that that train of thought. Um, I I think uh, yeah, the tape is not fully out yet on on Duck Hodges, and he's done a lot of quick passes, a lot of pitch and catch plays, you know, a lot of things that I think the Bills will do well in when you consider Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and Lorenzo Alexander are pretty good at their own and holding their own in pass coverage. Um, I expect a lot of action to, to Samuels and to Connor out of the backfield for Pittsburgh, but I think the key is going to be what we just talked about with Pittsburgh against Buffalo's offense is what Buffalo needs to do against Pittsburgh, and that's blitz the hell out of him. Bring a lot of pressure so that these quick routes that are trying to attempt it to be run by Pittsburgh can be shut down. I have all the faith in the world that Tredavious White will hold his own on one end of the outside of the cornerback rotation. I think Kevin Johnson will do a tremendous job on the other side of it or Levi Wallace whenever he's sprinkled in there as well. The Steelers receivers don't scare me at all. James Washington is a a veteran who's much better at the deep ball than the intermediate and short routes. And the Steelers have a bunch of unknowns, in my opinion, besides Washington at wide receiver. I just expect the Bills to take the same blueprint that they're going to see from the opposing defense when it comes to this rookie quarterback. It's a fact that rookie quarterbacks struggle against the pressure and struggle against the blitz. And I think I just think the Bills, even though Duck has a 66% completion percentage, I think the Bills can are the they haven't faced a defense like Buffalo's so far in this three-game winning streak. I have all the faith in the world that the Leslie Frazier defense can disguise coverages too that are going to be confusing. It's it's not that difficult to confuse a a, a fresh and young quarterback, and I think that's something that the that the Bills defense is very good at. So especially on the back end, they they don't do a ton of blitzing, even though they should, but they are fantastic at disguising coverages, and I think that's going to be something that duck has not seen yet and now when it comes to uh <laughs> to duck hodges and i just love saying that cat's name out there duck hodges uh, uh by the way teaser there should be some really cool uh gifs out there on the twitter sphere involving some of our buffalo rumblings creatives playing off of the classic nintendo game duck hunt which i really expect ed oliver and jerry hughes to be at their duck hunting best on sunday night in pittsburgh but we talked about the running backs that they're getting back, and uh, James Conner is going to be coming back for the Steelers. He's been banged up quite a bit this year. A shoulder injury has taken a lot of his effectiveness as a running back out of the equation, but um, he had proved himself to have a really solid season last year with four and a half yards per attempt. Uh, he's, again, obviously been injury prone so far this year, and he's really susceptible to a big hit with that shoulder injury that he's nursing. What do you expect, Jamie, when it comes to the running game and the running backs for Pittsburgh when it comes to taking on this really talented Buffalo defense? Well, 
I, I think you're going to see them run off the right side of the line. The, the right side of Pittsburgh's line behind David DeCastro is absolutely phenomenal. They're they're racking up one Pro Bowl after another. The left guard position, not quite as strong. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of Ed Oliver getting into the backfield. And you know, even when he's not in the lineup, you're going to see Jordan Phillips getting in there too. This is going to be an interesting matchup. I think you're going to see probably extra numbers loaded up on the over the right side of their line so they can overcome the very smooth and quick blocking that the right-hand side of their line uh, creates. Um, That's where I think it's going to be. I, I think Buffalo is going to have to rely on Star and Corey Lugget to uh, to really keep DeCastro in check and let the rest of the line and the backers sort of penetrate and see what they could do about getting into the backfield. I think that it's going to be it, it's going to be a big challenge because this is a good offensive line, but I think Buffalo has a good defensive line, at least the way they're playing right now. And that's led by Ed Oliver, and you need the interior guys to really uh, put up a good fight in order to stop the run, and I think Oliver's got this. I think I agree. I think Ed Oliver is going to continue his ascent. He has had a terrific last four games of his rookie season. I think Jerry Hughes, too, is really going to uh, to step up his game. He had a sack and two big quarterback hits last week against the most mobile quarterback in the league, Lamar Jackson. I think he is going to be on his game with the Buffalo Bills pass rush. I expect several sacks of Duck Hodges, and I expect Tremaine Edmonds to win the battle of the Edmonds brothers. This is so cool, the fact that there's three brothers playing against each other in this game. Pittsburgh has Trey and Terrell Edmonds, and Buffalo has, of course, the 21-year-old phenom Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker, who, again, is coming off a tremendous game against Baltimore. He is really going to need to be up on his game against James Conner. I expect Edmonds to continue his great progressions here as well in the second season for the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a tough game, Jamie, on Sunday night. Uh, the Bills and Steelers, if the Bills win this game, they clinch a playoff spot and euphoria in Western New York because, you know, they're still having the games. The Bills can you know have a, little, a lot less pressure on them knowing that they got a playoff berth locked up in week 14. Pittsburgh needs this game obviously just as much. Again, they are red hot, having won seven of their last eight. When it comes to this primetime showdown, and, and Jamie, this is crazy what I'm going to drop for you right here. The Steelers have already played in five primetime games this season. Five. The Bills haven't played that many primetime games over the last four seasons combined. Another stat for you, going back to 2007, that was the last time the Bills were on Sunday Night Football. The Steelers have played in 28 Sunday Night Football games in the last 12 years. The Bills won. I mean, this is just, I hope the national audience really gets a chance to appreciate what Leslie Frazier is building on defense. And I hope the Bills make that big statement on primetime. What are your thoughts, Jamie, on the score predictions for this game here on Sunday night? Only one way for the fans and viewers to appreciate it, and that's for the Bills to play the way they did in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Uh, my prediction here, I think you're going to see a score of 23-17, to 17, and the Steelers are going to take this one. Whoa, you're going for the Steelers to get the win at home? All right. I don't like that at all. In fact, I'm feeling really not 
I, I'm really not feeling happy with myself and the self-loathing is sinking in here, but uh, I got to be honest. Also, I realized I referred to James Connors as John Connors, which is the protagonist in The Terminator. So uh, my bad. <laughs> hey, self-correction. I like that out there. Hopefully your uh, your score prediction gets self-corrected on the field on Sunday night because I get where you're coming from. I hear some of the reservations. And if John Feliciano is out Sunday night, I will feel less confident about this Buffalo Bills team. But I just, I don't know. I don't see Buffalo dropping this game because I think the Bills have the better defense. I think the Bills have the better offense. Special teams is in doubt, but if, if Andre Roberts breaks off a nice long run, Hauschka seems to have found his groove in the kicking game. Of course, with that stadium, there's one end of the stadium where kicks are just really hard to predict. Um, and hopefully that game, that doesn't end up playing an outcome and a decision in the final score on Sunday night. But I think the first team to 20 points wins this game on Sunday night. I'm saying Buffalo wins. Yeah, I mean, t- yeah, 20 points is not, you know, it's it's not... Like you're having a, an offensive explosion of points there. If the Bills can string together a couple of good drives, get to 20 points, I think the Bills are going to win this game 20 to 9. I just don't see the Steelers offense getting on track against this one here. Going to double them up, huh? You know what? I, I'm, I'm feeling confident about this. I hope that the Bills pull it off to get to 10 and 4 because it would be great to, again, clinch that playoff berth. Win, lose, or tie, you can always come back, of course, to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast to check out our thoughts on how the Buffalo Bills have fared. Hopefully the Bills do get that big win on Sunday night. But for my esteemed colleague, Jamie D'Amico, who you can follow on Twitter at the Jamie D'Amico, and of course you can follow myself at John Boccasino. We are going to sign off here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. We'll be back next week talking week 15. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com VIYA.